0: Welcome to That Anita Live, the talk show dedicated to providing emotional healing to help you create a happier life. My guest today is an expert in maternal mental health. Postpartum has been highlighted for centuries in our society, but not many of us understand it. Review the event of having a baby as something that would be a joyous event. But Kristen Brooks is a licensed clinical social worker, y'all pray for, and owner of of Building Beyond Therapy. She earned an MSW from the University of Maryland, Baltimore, and is clinically licensed in Maryland and in the District of Columbia. For half a decade, she's provided social work services in many capacities, including child welfare, in patient psychiatric services, and in schools. But more importantly, she's certified in maternal mental health through Postpartum Support International and is a board-certified supervisor with the Board of Social Work Examiners in Maryland,
1: board-certified supervisors. <laughs> yeah. You go into public schools. I Yes, I work in a public charter school in DC. We, we gonna pray mm-hmm. for you. Please do.
0: But let's start with the <laughs> maternal do. mental health. Most of us would view having a baby as a very joyous event. Mm-hmm. But for the mom that is experiencing postpartum, first, let's start at the top with what is postpartum?
1: So I guess we should actually take a step back. Okay. So when people think about postpartum, they strictly think about depression. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, we kind of we call it more perinatal mental health or maternal mental health because okay. depression and anxiety and psychosis all fall underneath of that umbrella. And it's something that doesn't just happen after the baby is born. Oftentimes, the numbers are just as high during pregnancy as they are after a baby is born. And so having a baby can be a very joyous event. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times where there are barriers to that joy. And so that's what my focus is. What are some of those barriers? So some of those barriers could be, um, you know, it could be lack of support. It could be um, stress during the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be that, you know, there's a genetic predisposition for um, some of those postpartum issues or some of those perinatal issues. Um, And so those things can get in the way of the joyous feeling that someone may have around being pregnant or after having that baby.
0: So, okay, you said it was more than just depression. Mm-hmm. What, what what does it look like to those of us on the outside?
1: So depression, when most people think about depression, they think about, oh, I'm sad or I'm crying all the time. That depression can look like agitation. It can be anxiety, as mm-hmm. I said before. It could be um, a very, you kind of think about short fuse. It could be that someone's maybe not eating or sleeping well. Um, It could be that they're hypervigilant, and so that they're very overprotective of that baby. Most people think about a woman having postpartum depression as possibly wanting to hurt their baby. It could be the exact opposite, that they're afraid that everything outside of where they are will hurt their baby, and so they've become hyper, you know, overprotective of that baby. Now, that's what it
0: looks like to us from the outside. Mm -hmm. But inside to the mom, what is she thinking and feeling?
1: Overwhelmed, shame, uh, guilt feeling as if something is wrong with her. Okay. Um, oftentimes with depression, it could lead to suicide or suicidal thoughts because they feel that their baby or their family may be better off without them being present. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, that's not the case yeah. at all. Um, but it's, it's very much an internal battle. It's, it's something that is scary to share with others. Okay. Um, I myself struggled with postpartum anxiety after my second daughter. Um, and I remember feeling like I was in a cloud and it just felt like a cloud was around my head. There was this fog all the time. Okay. Um, and so it can be hard for other people necessarily to see it. Um, but it feels very debilitating to that person. Now, being the professional mm-hmm. and having the experience, mm-hmm. how did you express it? I denied it, actually. I was in denial. And it's funny because um, my husband, who is in computers and has no, like, interpersonal <laughs> story, um,
0: She'll snap he, out of it.
1: He, well, he, he was the one that came to me and said, okay. do you think that okay. you have postpartum? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm a social worker. I don't have postpartum. am like, I know what these signs look like. And it wasn't until months later that I was like, oh, yes, I do. And so it can be hard as a professional. So you're still living so in what, it.
0: What was he bringing to your attention though?
1: Um, so he, well, he said that, but he never really was like, well, this is why I think it. Um, but looking back, I recognized that I was very disconnected from my family like I, our second daughter was born early um, and so I had a lot of that shame a lot of that guilt I felt like it was my fault and I became very overprotective of when you said early you mean she was she was preterm. well so she was born five weeks early so she was considered premature okay mm-hmm. okay so she spent some time in uh, the NICU mm-hmm. and so all of those things kind of compounded on themselves as well as as I mentioned before having some issues during your pregnancy. And mm-hmm. I worked in a very stressful environment when yes, I was pregnant. Yes, um, Well, actually, when I was pregnant, I wasn't working in a school. I was working in an inpatient psychiatric unit. And so that was very stressful. Okay, exactly. they, they have some similarities. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so that stress during my pregnancy... Okay, hold on. That mm-hmm. stress during your pregnancy mm-hmm. caused you to behave in what way? Um, I, was, I had very short fuse. I was very overwhelmed. Um, I felt like, you know, I just... I could never catch up, okay. is how I felt during the pregnancy. Okay. And so after she was born, and she was born early. Hold on, mm-hmm. how old was your first daughter when you were pregnant with this? How second? old was she? Mm-hmm. She was about to turn two. So I also had a toddler at home. Now, did she mirror to you any of that behavior? She actually asked me. She said, mommy, why are you sad? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not sad, because I was just sitting there. And then I burst into tears, and I was like, oh, I'm sad. <laughs> But it was, it was the people uh, around me and the people uh, outside of me that saw the, that. The Toddless Julie oh, yeah. are
0: very perceptive. That struck a
1: nerve. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God. But, you know, it's the, as, even as a professional, okay. I didn't see it in myself because I was too close to the situation. It was happening to me. And mm-hmm. so it was everyone around me. That had to bring that even my two-year-old daughter who brought that to my attention and even still i was in denial no 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 i'm fine i don't want to hurt anybody i'm okay you know i'm not depressed uh-huh. and uh-huh. and it was it didn't happen for a long time that i recognized that that was an issue then when you did mm-hmm. when i did i i think that i had started to move out of it and so i'm fortunate enough to have a very supportive family uh-huh. very supportive friends a lot of friends who are also social workers and so they kind of social worked me without <laughs> me realizing it um but it, it It sparked my interest in maternal mental health and really helped me, you know, drive me toward that path. That that is exactly what it is that I want to do and and, and want to focus on. Because I felt like I was alone during that time. And I learned very quickly that I wasn't at all. There are a lot of people who felt the way that I did, but no one really talked about it.
0: So how did you begin to seek help?
1: Um, It was forced on me.
0: (laughs) It was forced on me. Like I
1: said, I have a lot of social workers who around me and they're like oh no we're gonna talk about we're it. doing an intervention oh yeah what? oh yeah.
0: What? okay hold on paint that picture mm-hmm. for me what happened
1: um so I noticed I started to notice that when I would talk about my younger daughter mm-hmm. I would just immediately break down in tears and I couldn't I was like oh I don't know why and they're like because you still feel this guilt and it has nothing to do with you and so those messages over and over again that it's you know her being born early or you know me being stressed it it didn't have anything necessarily to do with me I could not have done anything differently for the situation to go a different way and so over time those messages and that support Mm -hmm. and you know people saying, oh no we're gonna take the baby and you're gonna get rest um, was very helpful my husband is extremely supportive and so all of those things having that support built around me Mm -hmm. was extremely helpful it helped me to kind of remove myself from the hole that I felt like I was in.
0: Once that once you accepted it Mm -hmm. how long did it take for you to begin to feel your normal baseline again
1: I don't know that I really went back to feeling normal again until almost a year after she was born and Mm -hmm. so I think that there are times where people think about postpartum depression or anxiety and we're only looking at it in the first couple of months and so um, statistics show that one in seven women can experience a serious depressive or or anxious um, episode and develop that um, develop those symptoms Whoa. within three months, but in reality, if studies have shown that if you look past those three months, those numbers get higher. So one in five women will experience those symptoms. And so I remember, you know, you you go to your your follow up appointment after you are six or eight weeks or however mm-hmm. long, and they'll screen you for for postpartum depression or anxiety, and they'll ask you, do you want do you want to harm yourself? Do you want to harm really? your baby? Oh yeah. And as a professional, I know why you're asking me those questions. So I'm like, of course not, because I didn't feel any of those things. But had someone asked me other questions, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling guilty? Are you feeling shamed? I would have answered yes. And so that screening, though, stopped there because you don't have another appointment for another year. They, you know, As long as everything's okay, yeah. you're okay. Yeah. And so um, I think that I learned very quickly that it's important that we continue to screen throughout that year because those numbers get higher past that three-month mark. Things don't get easier once your baby is three months old. <laughs> things get harder after that point. Feed me, so, change me. Absolutely. Rates of suicide increase. It could be up to seven mm. or eight months after, after birth. And so when you don't have that support or you don't have someone constantly screening and checking for mm-hmm, those things mm-hmm. or that are knowledgeable about those things, you kind of feel like you're alone. Is it, is it a difference between women that are married and women that are single moms? Um, I'm sure that there is because there's a lack of support. Um, But I think that what's most important is is screening. And, you know, if we, let's say that the screening was happening in pediatric offices, within that first year of your child being born, Mm -hmm. you're in the pediatrician's office all the time. (laughs) You have, you know, checkups and shots and illnesses (laughs) and all those things. And so if those screening questions are being asked, asked about what supports you have, asked about how mom is feeling, then you're able to build that support in earlier and be able to catch those things earlier.
0: Now... What can a mom do when she well, a mom to be mm-hmm. when she first finds out that she's pregnant mm-hmm. to care for her mental health?
1: So if it's a mom that already struggles with mental health mm-hmm. issues, um it's important that they seek some type of help. If they are on medication and they don't want to continue medication, then that's fine. Um, but seeking some type of therapeutic help some type of support group um, something to really keep you connected and so that you have a safe space to share what those feelings are because there are times where like you said, people view pregnancy as a joyous occasion. Mm -hmm. There are some mothers that are not happy about being pregnant and other people would think like, you're not happy. But some people weren't ever expecting to have children. Some people didn't want to have children Um, or some people did want to have children. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to,
0: not on the list. I remember,
1: I remember when I was pregnant with my second daughter, one of my coworkers, was very upset about her being pregnant she never intended on having children and no one around her understood that she was upset about it and so I had to tell her it's okay I'm, I'm telling you it's okay that you tell me you're not happy about it and I think that was the first time she had ever heard that so normalizing those feelings and giving people a safe space to talk is what's most important
0: not being judgmental not
1: being judgmental but that's hard because people see babies and they're like oh babies mm-hmm. everybody's happy
0: about babies
1: everybody is not happy about babies
0: I'm happy about babies when they belong to somebody else. And you can give them back. Absolutely. <laughs> <All in. day. laughs> We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back to talk about tips that moms can use once the baby is born to maintain their mental health. What if I told you
1: that you could stop the negative tape from playing inside your head? What if, with seven simple steps, you could leave the pain of the past behind? and live every day as your true, authentic self. It is possible, and you can do it. The ebook, Seven Simple Steps to Beat Emotional Baggage, How to Become Whole, Healed, Healthy, and Happy, shares how to resolve emotional baggage. And feel free to live true to your own personality, spirit, and character. Transform negative thinking into positive thinking and become equipped to boldly face your past and resolve emotional pain. Get your free copy at ThatAnitaLive.com eBook.
0: We are here with Christian Books talking about maternal mental health. What are some tips that once the baby comes that a mom can do to maintain or gauge her mental health so that if she needs that assistance she can seek it
1: well the first thing is just to be honest about how you're feeling and not be afraid to tell anybody that you're feeling those things okay. I think oftentimes um, you know I've heard from people that they're afraid to say that they're feeling overwhelmed or that they may be feeling depressed or anxious because they're afraid that someone's going to take their child um, or that they you know, really mm-hmm, absolutely or that they may be perceived as dangerous toward their child because oftentimes people think postpartum and they think you automatically want to harm your child And so even family members can say, oh, no, you know, don't leave them alone, you know, with the baby. When, like I said, in reality, it may not even be that you want to harm your child. Mm -hmm. You just don't want anybody else around your child. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just being honest about that and and being able to find, even if it's one person in your life, to say, I'm feeling this way. I don't really know what to do about it, but I think that I need help. Um, But sometimes that can be hard when the shame and the guilt is there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that acknowledging that shame and guilt is the first thing that you need to do before you can really seek any help. Or even saying, I'm feeling that and now I need help. Because you can't be successful moving forward until you recognize that. Until you're honest with
0: yourself. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely.
1: The second thing is seeking that help. And so I think it's important to be mindful of your provider. Um, There are sometimes, like I said, pediatricians, OBGYNs, even mental health providers may not be as knowledgeable about maternal mental health and what that can look like. Um, And so finding somebody who can relate to what you're saying and Mm -hmm. understands what that looks like because, unfortunately, providers can be judgmental as well. Yes. Yes. The next thing is really, really, really relying on your support system. And so I like to call it your tribe. Like, what does your tribe look like? Who are those people? Identify those people um, who can come and wash clothes for you, who can come and cook meals for you, who can come and watch your children for you. Even an hour. I mean, an hour break when you have children is essential. (laughs) It can seem like a full day. Um, but having somebody that's going to come and they're going to, to kind of pull you away from that. I remember with my first daughter, my mother like kidnapped her a few weeks in and she's like, no, I'm going to take her and you're going to take a break. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't ask you to do that. She's like, I didn't ask if you asked, I'm just going to do it. But it was essential to me being able to still feel like myself, Mm -hmm. you know, as a mother, you, you may lose yourself and you feel like, well, I'm only mom and I'm only wife, but you are still yourself and you really can't help your children or help your family until you've helped yourself first
0: and you have those you, you maintain your outside interests and your absolutely. outside activities absolutely
1: it's like when you're on an airplane and they say put your mask on first before someone else's yeah. it's important because you will pass out first and so if I'm not healthy and I'm not whole how can I expect to be help an, someone else an efficient parent uh,
0: how okay so let's talk about some of the things that you've seen yeah working in Mm, let's do schools first Mm -hmm. and then we'll do psychiatric wars Mm -hmm. and then we'll bring it back into the maternal mental health.
1: So in working in schools I've actually seen how um, a lot of children are negatively impacted by the mental health of their parents and so more often than not in the school that I work in it's in um, in an urban area it's in Washington DC and we do have a lot of single parents we do have a lot of single mothers we do have a lot of parents who have their own mental health issues and so I can see where when those issues are not appropriately addressed that it negatively impacts their their children and their children's well-being and their children's mental health and so it's extremely important that as parents we are Mm -hmm. honest Mm -hmm. and that sometimes we just have to eat crow and take it and say I'm afraid to step out and get help but it's what I have to do in order to be an effective parent
0: is that fear real oh absolutely Absolutely.
1: that someone could take their child because they admit to having some difficulties absolutely people see it on tv all the time when i worked for (laughs) child welfare when i worked in child protective services and i remember i would tell people like oh i work in child protective services and they're like you take people's kids i'm like no i don't that's not what i go to work to do i go to work to make sure people are safe but unfortunately there are situations where children have to be removed because it's not safe and so i've seen again there where a parent mental health is not stable and so I think the other caveat to that is it's not just mothers that experience perinatal issues postpartum issues fathers do as well partners do as well absolutely absolutely Absolutely. but
0: because I guess okay I guess because when I think of it I think of postpartum coming a lot from maybe the detachment Mm -hmm. and where the child depended so much Mm -hmm. upon the mom Mm -hmm. while it was in the womb Mm and they could feel everything. Mm-hmm. What they ate, the child was affected mm-hmm. by. But then once that cord is cut and the child is external,
1: mm-hmm. there
0: is a, a loss or a feeling there mm-hmm. that leaves a void. Now, um, the partner mm-hmm. has had nothing. There's no detachment, there's mm-hmm. nothing cut. So what is what is the partner for, what is he or she feeling?
1: So it's this, it, it comes from the same factors, a, a lack of support. It comes from, you can be hypervigilant as a parent. You ever heard of like the helicopter parent? Mm-hmm. The same thing can happen for partners.
0: well, I, I'm from the country, so I think all first time moms are just
1: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> just. Are. so there there's and that's I think that that's where it's hard for people is that there's the normal baby blues that mm-hmm. happens and the normal, you know, feelings of being a parent. But there comes a point where your behavior or your feelings are no no, no longer normal. and they really do take over your life and become debilitating to a point. And so, that's where it's this fine line of people having to really be knowledgeable and understand what's that normal baby blues and what's that, you know, what what part of that is a perinatal mood disorder or anxiety disorder or psychosis. And so, um, you know, I think that oftentimes people forget about partners and think about, you know, if there are traumatic situations mm-hmm. or, um, you know, in my, in my situation, you have a child who is born early, that would negatively impact someone's partner and someone's family. And so I think that sometimes only moms get the attention very much so when in reality we need to be looking at the family as a whole
0: because I mean I would look at you know my brothers I called them mm-hmm. my brothers the friends of mine that mm-hmm. I grew up with when their wives had kids I'm good are you mm-hmm. you feel what mm-hmm. you know suck it up mm-hmm. you weren't the one that was pushing you weren't right. the one that dealt with the swelling mm-hmm. and the not
1: being able to sleep mm-hmm. and you still feel it though It's it's very much an emotional thing not a physical thing and so you know, I think that So I was being insensitive? No, no, I think that it's not necessarily I was insensitive gonna say, I um, think it's easy to <laughs> y'all.
0: Get over it, you know I'm your sister. When it for the long haul. I think that it's
1: more just about a lack of, of knowledge. And just so I would say as a culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We very often think like, okay, you know, mom is superwoman, dad is superman, just mm-hmm. suck it up. It's okay. And yeah. so that's why as a culture African-American people are not as willing to reach out because they're afraid of systems taking Mm -hmm. their children. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of looking like they're not strong enough. We're afraid of looking like we can't handle everything when we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to handle everything. If you need help, you need help. And so you have to stand up and say, I need help. There's much more courage in saying that you need help than it is to pretend that you have everything figured out. Mm.
0: I'm blown with the whole... (laughs) (laughs) partner has a reason to feel because and we 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 joke him a lot Mm -hmm. but let's say men that take paternity leave Mm -hmm. is there a real cause for that other than being supportive to their partner that had the baby
1: so it's about attachment right if we think about if the baby is spending all that time with mom you're creating an attachment you're creating a bond Mm -hmm. why shouldn't dad have the same thing why shouldn't he have the same ability the same opportunity Cause to he still smoke attachment. cigarettes
0: and drink beer when he, when she was pregnant. That's why.
1: You still want to create healthy attachments? Healthy attachments oh, create, start from baby. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. The okay. hmm Creating healthy attachment. If if my I have two daughters. If my daughters only spend time with me, that healthy attachment is only being created with yeah. me. Not with dad. And so they need to have that same opportunity, that same chance oh, to have so that with their isn't the maternity
0: period isn't to deal with the loss because a lot of the time when we think of maternity mm-hmm. leave, we think of it as she's her body is in repair mm-hmm. from the trauma that it has been through.
1: Medically, that's what it is, which not... is why they only give you six to eight weeks. But in reality, if uh-huh. we're looking at what is going to create a healthy attachment, what is going to foster healthy family relationships, okay. Okay. six to eight weeks is not enough. In six to eight weeks, so I'm how not long ready do to y'all want
0: us covering for y'all? If want to come back <laughs> into this job? How long, how
1: long we got to cover for y'all? It feels like that, I'm sure, on the <laughs> outside. But when you're home, it's like I don't. Want, I'm not ready to leave. I'm not ready to yeah. leave this baby. I'm yeah. not ready to go out and leave them with somebody else. Because now, when it's time for me to return back to work, I now have to shift that parenting role to somebody else in my absence, mm-hmm. and that can be hard. That can be extremely
0: hot. I actually convinced two of my two of my friends to become stay at home moms. Don't we all wish we could? Once I broke down (laughs) for them that they would just be paying daycare.
1: Oh, don't even get me started.
0: (laughs) Your salary is only in this area, you know, they moved to this area while they were pregnant Mm -hmm. or they got
1: pregnant after they moved Mm -hmm. here.
0: You're only going to be covering daycare with your own salary. My husband
1: and I spend more in daycare than we do in our mortgage. For two children. Oh, I'm choking. <laughs> so when people ask me, are we gonna have Girl. a third? I'm like, why would we do that? <laughs> we cannot afford to have another child. Can Absolutely. Try no, boy. I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> There's no point darling. No. Like, once you got two out, my chances aren't looking great because I have two girls. I'm okay. Though they're enough. They are enough. Are are you an only child? No. I'm one of five. I am not my parents.
0: <laughs> I am okay. <laughs> So, so what does grandma? I'm oh, sorry, it's not grandma anymore. It's now glamor. No,
1: she's 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 fine with. Her. They're both fine with grandma. What
0: what they don't want? They don't want to. They talk do, and boy? so you know
1: what? It's interesting that you say that because I think prior to the situation with my youngest, okay, I wanted four children. Whoa, oh. and so then after having that experience, both medically and emotionally, it's not it's not great for my well being for me to have another child because now, I'm, I'm joking you're playing back and mm-hmm. forth
0: but this happens to women every day absolutely absolutely which also affects mental health mm-hmm. what is what is and and <laughs> you can handle the response because mm-hmm. you know I'm just joking mm-hmm. you what are some of the things that some of these mothers out here can say to people that like what you
1: only have one how why are you being so selfish Mm -hmm. so a lot of people internalize that because there are people who don't understand that they may have an internal struggle there are some people who cannot have children and so they'll get those questions all the time why don't you have kids or there are people who have experienced loss and people don't necessarily know and so they're like well why don't you have children when you don't know that they've experienced miscarriages or they've had infertility Mm -hmm. issues and so all of this falls, with, falls underneath of the maternal mental health umbrella in that it's all about education. It really is about educating people and understanding okay. that it's not just about somebody being sad. It's not just about somebody, you know, wanting to harm their child or wanting to harm themselves. It's a much larger issue that as a community and as a society, we need to pay more attention to because there are moms everywhere. Mm. And so, if we're not healthy, how can
0: our children and our families be healthy? So how would you educate us in the corporate environment to not do that type of shaming mm-hmm. to a woman who now I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. I can handle it because mm-hmm. once I put that draw on my desk for a college fund, mm-hmm. all that goes Absolutely. away. Absolutely. But for a mom that may be internally conflicted mm-hmm. because she only has one child, mm-hmm and you know maybe she had siblings she mm-hmm. knew what it was like or oh, vice versa she was an only child and she didn't have the siblings so she wants to make sure mm-hmm. but she really deep down inside doesn't want another child
1: normalizing letting people know that whatever their truth is is okay my job is not to make other people happy my job is to make myself happy right mm-hmm. and so i don't have to please other people other people could think that i need to go and have more children i'm all right with what <laughs> i have and i'm content with that But I'm strong enough to be able to say that. And so it's because of the support that I have around me. It's because I've been able to work through whatever it is, you know, that I've had to work through. Mm -hmm. And so it is essential that people seek help. It is essential that people seek help and really rely on those supports that they have. Create those systems. If they don't already have them in their families, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of groups. Seek groups, seek different, you know, colleagues, friends. Look for that support in your community. So, okay, let's break that down. Where in the community could they could they look for that support? Because you mentioned some groups. Mm-hmm. Postpartum Support International is a great website. Moms, okay. Um, 2020 is a great website. Hold on. You said Moms 2020? Mm-hmm. 2020 moms. What's that? Um, so it's their maternal mental health community support groups. They're all over the country. Okay. Um, postpartum International is also, you can go on there. They mm-hmm. have, um, like, phone lines you can call. There are groups. There are events. Um, I think that there's a push now for for stronger maternal mental health support mm-hmm. and so the supports are there they're growing and I think that people just need to know that they're there in order to access them
0: Wow <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Wow mm-hmm. a serious illness is nothing you should ever go through alone if the people around you don't understand or if they are not supportive reach out to other circles of encouragers that have been through the same thing and always remember there's a therapist in your area that you can connect with to help you progress through your issues. Don't get stuck. To reach out to Kristen, visit buildingbeyondtherapy.com. No matter what your issue happens to be, always consider yourself on the road to emotional healing. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out thatanitalive.com for where and when to see our next episode.